Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Enrollment is open. Membership at Entree Architect Academy includes monthly expert training, weekly online discussion groups, videos, and resources, everything you need to build a better business as a small firm architect. For an exclusive sneak peek video tour inside Entree Architect Academy, visit entrearchitect.com slash academy. Entree Architect Podcast, episode 122. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. Happy clients lead to more happy clients. And happy clients are the result of them knowing what to expect, when to expect it, and how much it's going to cost when we meet their expectation. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, I will share my thoughts on how to build a system to manage your architecture clients' expectations. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices, manage expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. So here we are in the month of May 2016. The months are flying by and, and we here at Entree Architect are providing, we are providing so much valuable content. 
I love this new format that we have since January. Every month we're we're hitting a new subject here, and and I hope you're taking advantage of this opportunity to follow along and and use each month as a checklist for your business and your your systems and your strategies for your firm. So far, we've gone through finance in January, business development, uh, also known as sales, uh, leadership, culture, and now here we are in the fifth month, client fulfillment. Client fulfillment is our subject for the month of May. You know, finance, our January subject, leads to sales. And sales leads to leadership. And leadership leads to culture. And culture leads to happy teams. And and happy teams lead to happy clients, right? So this month at Entree Architect, we're exploring concepts and content and strategies for client fulfillment. So how do we how do we deliver our services to our clients in a way that that meets or, or maybe even exceeds their expectations. How do how do we uh, ensure that every interaction is a positive one and it results in in a happy, satisfied client? Because happy, satisfied clients lead to more happy, satisfied clients. That's the way it works, right? That's what we want. We want to end up with a client that is so happy, a raving fan that all they want to do is tell everybody about this process that they've just gone through right? So all this month, all this month, we're going to dive deep into this subject of client fulfillment, um, delivering what we do. How do we deliver what we do? Uh, what are the services we provide and how do we deliver what we do? One way to keep clients happy is to underpromise and overdeliver. You've heard me talk about this before, and it's sort of a, a, an old adage, right? But it's a, it's a very, very important lesson. But how many of us really follow this simple lesson, right? This under-promise, over-deliver. I am certainly guilty of, of um, over-promising and under-delivering in my career. I've learned, though, how important it is to manage the expectations of our clients, to under-promise and over-deliver. Um, we, we often recommend consultants to our clients at Five Cat Studio, my firm, my architecture firm, Five Cat Studio. Uh, clients will ask for recommendations, maybe for a surveyor or a civil engineer for, for work that we don't do. And so we, we may recommend a client. And not too long ago, we recommended one of our consultants to a client. And we've been very happy with this consultant's performance. And we're, we were very confident. We would, would not recommend any consultant that we didn't think would, would perform well. So we recommended this consultant. And as, as expected, they jumped right on the project and they completed that first task that was requested by our client really, really quickly. Flipped it, sent it right back, made everybody look good. We looked good because we recommended them. Our client was happy and everything was good. And to, think, to wrap things up in this uh, service that the, this client needed, the consultant said that they would prepare a report to document their findings. Um, they, they did the service, now they needed to put together a report and they promised that they would, they would do this. And the client needed this report uh, to move forward to the next phase of their project. Uh, and the consultants led the client and us to believe that, that they would deliver that report very quickly, as quickly as the first task that they did. They, they led us to believe that this would be done very promptly. And almost three weeks later, still no report. The client was waiting it was critical for that client to get that report so they can move on to their next phase. Uh, they have their money wrapped up in this project and they needed this report to move on. 
and three weeks later, no report. Our client was not happy. They called us, they called me upset because I was the one that recommended them. They called furious at me for recommending this this consultant that did not do what this client expected. So I called my consultant and followed up. And the consultant was on vacation the prior week. So one of these weeks they were on vacation. So, uh, and they promised to have that report right away. You know, they explained to me that, that they were on vacation and he would, he would get the, pro, the report done and he would deliver it to me by the end of the day. So great. I, I called my client. I assured them that, that the report was, was coming and would be waiting in their inbox very quickly. By the end of the day, crisis averted, I thought. Well, no report by the end of the day. And the next morning, still no report. And the client called the consultant, now really, really angry, called the, the consultant directly to demand that the report be done and delivered as promised because he had funds tied up and, and required the consultant's document to have them released. So he was angry. And again, the consultant the, promised to deliver the goods by the end of the business day, told the client that he would have it done by the end of the day. Day three, no report. And again, a promise and a fuming client. And the, and the report was finally delivered by email on the morning of the fourth day. The client claimed his funds and everything was back on track. And, and, but unfortunately, the client is not going to use that consultant anymore. They moved on to someone else. They, they did not like the service that they were performing. They were promised something and they didn't get it. And with all good intention, and, and I know that with every promise, this consultant was sincere. The consultant overpromised and underdelivered over and over and over again. So what if this consultant promised that the report would be delivered by the week's end instead of the end of the day, that first day? What if uh, he promised that it would take longer? Give himself, even if he intended to have it done that first day, give yourself to the end of the week. Because it's difficult to say no to a client when, when that client wants something right away, right? We want to satisfy. We always want to say yes. But in the end, the most important thing to do, at least do what you say you're going to do. That is the most important thing, that you do what you say you're going to do. Yes, the client would have been disappointed if he wanted it that day, but the, the consultant said, I'd get it to you by the end of the week. But knowing that the consultant was on vacation the week before, he would have understood the situation. He, he could have explained that he was going to be, he, he was on, on vacation and it was going to take to the end of the week to get this done. And the client would have been upset. But from the client's perspective, the report would have been delivered soon enough. He would have gotten it by the end of the week. So the expe expectation rather than the end of the day, the expectation could have been the end of the week. And then when the client received the report a day sooner than they expected on the fourth day instead of the fifth day, right? Because it took him four days to get it done. If he promised that he would have it delivered by the end of the week, five days, and he delivered it on the fourth day, the client would have been thrilled. It was early. It was a day early. It was the same report 
delivered on the same day, one approach results in, a, in an angry, disgruntled client, and the other one, a happy, totally satisfied client. Total satisfaction. Same report delivered on the same day, managed differently. One said overpromised by the end of the day and underdelivered. The other one is overpromising or uh, uh, underpromising that he would have it by the end of the week and then overdelivering. So managing the expectations of the client. There are, there are few more important tasks that we perform as service providers, managing the client's expectation. It's the difference between a good referral and an unhappy client. So over-deliver and under-promise. Under-promise and over-deliver. Give yourself more time to perform the tasks that you need to do. Know how long it takes and then give yourself more time and then deliver it before you say you're going to deliver it. That is the ultimate in client satisfaction. One of the keys to success as a small firm architect is client satisfaction. Keep the client happy throughout the project and the client, the happy client, will lead to more happy clients. Because our, our clients don't like surprises. You don't like surprises. I don't like surprises. No one likes surprises. Our clients don't like surprises. They want to be fully informed and up to date throughout the process. They want to know what's happening. They want to be informed. They want to feel informed. Expectation management is an important practice that must be included in the overall management of every project. It needs to be intentionally managed, the expectations of a client. Our clients want to know what to expect, when to expect it, and, and what it may cost them when the expectation is finally realized, right? That's what they want. They want to know what to expect. They want to know when to expect it, and they want to know how much it's going to cost. Manage their expectations and you will manage their happiness. Manage their expectations and you will manage their happiness. Happy clients lead to more happy clients. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to FreshBooks for their support as a platform sponsor of Entree Architect. Because as a platform sponsor, FreshBooks has provided funding and support for our overall mission here at Entree Architect to be an influential force in the profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. FreshBooks is the easy to use accounting software designed to help us small firm owners get organized, save time, and get paid faster. It takes care of invoicing, expense tracking, estimating, reporting, everything you need, and it all happens out in the cloud so you have access to your information from anywhere you have access to the internet. And as an exclusive offering just for the Entree Architect community, I've asked FreshBooks to join me on video and show us around the product, FreshBooks. I know that once you see how easy it is to set up and how simple it is to use, you will convert to FreshBooks just like I did for 5Cat Studio. Tim Lee of FreshBooks and I produced a series of videos and they're available for free at entrearchitect.com slash freshbooksvideo. And when you're ready to give FreshBooks a try, go to freshbooks.com slash architect and sign up for a free 30-day trial. It's free. No questions asked. It's free. 30 days. Just go in there and set up one client 
send one invoice, set up a credit card payment system and have that invoice paid faster than you ever imagined it would get paid by credit card. It goes right into your, into your bank account. I love it. So freshbooks.com slash architect, sign up for your free 30 day trial right now. Give it a shot and be sure to let them know that we sent you put in entree architect in the, how did you hear about it section? With so many roles and responsibilities as a small firm architect, we're wearing so many hats. How might we ensure that our clients' expectations are well-managed? Well, so many questions regarding a successful small business lead us back to systems. Build a step-by-step process of touch points and follow-ups and confirmations, all the things that we, we do to make clients happy, the documents, the checklists, Put together a step-by-step process of these items that will that will keep your clients feeling fully in control throughout the project from from pre-contract through design through construction and right up to the end through the end of project closeout put together that process schedule some time to review the process that you complete on every project because whether you have it documented or not you most likely follow a routine that you use every time to deliver your project you're already doing this As architects, we're already putting together our projects in the same way every time, right? So just document that process. Just get it out of your head. Write down on a piece of paper or or in Evernote. Write it down. Just get it out. Write down that process in a a non-formatted list. Just dump it out. Just put it out there. Then take that list. Once you have it all documented, you can do this just by thinking about the process and writing out the list. Or as you're performing the tasks on the next project, keep a notebook next to you or keep an Evernote file open and just write down what you're doing. What's the next step? What's the next step? What's the next step? And just write it down. And then take that list and arrange it into an outline, documenting each step of the process. And with a complete outline of the delivery process of your architecture project, then decide how best to communicate each step to your client. Right? So now you have the steps that we perform. Now, how do we communicate each of those steps to our client? For an example, identifying the starting points and the end points of each phase. We all, have, we all do, well, many of us do our architecture work in phases. At 5CAT Studio, we're performing our work through schematic design, design development, construction documents, bidding negotiation, and construction administration. Five phases. So how do we identify the starting points and the endpoints of each one of those phases. So our clients know what we're going to do and when we're going to do it and when it's finished, right? So how do we com- communicate the completion of schematic design and the commencement of design development? How do we communicate that from, from when we've wrapped up schematic design and we're moving on to design development? How do we communicate it? Our clients won't know, right? If we just send them a schematic design drawing and then the next one is a design development drawing, They have no idea that there's a difference there because remember that your client most likely has no experience with the architectural process at all. It's your job to successfully guide them through each step. And the smoother that process, the happier your clients are going to be. The more they, they they can manage, you can manage their expectations. The more in control they feel, the happier they're going to be. 
So at FiveCat Studio, we use a series of authorization forms to document the completion of each phase. Our authorization to proceed form, that's what we call it, the authorization to proceed, that's the title of the form on the, on the top of there. It's formatted in a Word document template. So I'm, I'm, I'm describing one piece of our system here, our authorization to proceed form. Okay, that's part of our client expectation management system. It's formatted in a, in a, as a Word document template and includes fields uh, for the project name and the project number and more fields identify the name of the project manager submitting the document, the date the document is submit, submitted, and the series of checkboxes indicating all of our five phases where we just check off the current phase being completed. So we don't even need to write that down. We just say, you know, who, who's the project manager? When is this form being submitted? And what phase are we, are we approving here? And that template includes language stating that by signing this authorization to proceed form, our client is approving the completed phase and they're authorizing us to proceed to the next phase. So in one form, we're communicating very clearly to our client that they've approved the schematic design drawings and we're completing that phase and we're authorizing, they are authorizing us as architects to proceed to the next phase. And then we include a signature line at the bottom of the form where our clients will endorse the document and officially grant us permission to proceed to the next phase. So clear, it cannot be mistaken that we are moving from one phase to the next. Got it? We fill out this form and we send it to them and they sign that form and they send it back. That triggers our next system, the part of our financial system, right? With each the completion of each phase, we can send an invoice for that completed phase. So it automatically triggers when we get that form back. Now it triggers the next system that we have in place, the financial system and the invoicing system within the financial system. So then we invoice for that completed phase. So upon receipt of the payment, we then proceed to the next phase as authorized. So then we send the, the, the form out for authorization. They sign it. We get authorized. We send them an invoice, and when we get paid, that, that triggers our next phase. We can start our next phase. We get paid, and we have a signed authorization to proceed. So that, that reinforces our value as architects. It helps us get paid, and it manages the expectations of our clients. Systems are key to our success. I've been saying this for years, over and over and over again. If you want to be successful, the key to success is to build these systems in every part of our business. Customer satisfaction, managing expectations, client fulfillment can also be developed into this operational system, which will lead us to success. That's just one example I just described. You go through these repeatable steps over and over and over again in every project document the system. You know, this month, architect Norbert Lemmemeyer, the co-author of the E-Myth Architect and the founder of Architecture Plus Business is joining us at Entree Architect Academy as our expert trainer. He's going to be sharing his knowledge, his resources, and his actual templates for his own proprietary client fulfillment system. This man is an expert on building systems and he's going to be in the academy teaching members how to build a client fulfillment system and in doing so helping them understand how systems are developed in general so they can go and they can develop systems for other parts of their business. 
and the Entree Architect Academy expert training sessions are only available to members inside Entree Architect Academy. And each month, we're joined by a new industry expert, and we learn what we need to learn so we can build better businesses. If you're interested, click on over to entrearchitect.com academy, and you can learn more about our all-inclusive online membership program for small firm architects. And I just posted a, a new video on that page, entrearchitect.com academy, where I take you inside the academy and I show you around. So join me for a sneak peek tour inside Entree Architect Academy. Enrollment is open, but membership is limited. Once we fill the seats that we have uh, allotted for this enrollment period, it's closed. So get over there, check out the video, entrearchitect.com slash academy, and I'll take you inside and I'll show you what we're doing. And you can catch the, the recording of today's uh, expert session, which will be today, uh, will be um, uh, uh, May the 4th. Uh, Norbert Lemmemeyer is in the academy. You'll be able to, to watch that recorded session and get the templates and all of the documents provided by uh, Norbert and the templates and documents provided by all of the experts since January. So check it out, entrearchitect.com slash academy. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode may be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 122. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect. I'm a proud entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to go share what you know. I thank you for listening today and I hope to see you on the inside at Entree Architect Academy. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Woo! Woo!
Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.